So this is kind of an impromptu one. I don't normally release uh, in like the same day as recording, but this seemed to merit one. There's no fancy music or advertisements. Just uh, wanted to talk about Kobe Bryant. Obviously, everybody knows that he died yesterday. So we're recording this on Monday the 27th. He died yesterday in a helicopter crash. Terrifying. Um, I decided that I, I really wanted to talk about it, but I knew yesterday that I would not be able to talk about it, which likely sounds very like funny to people, I guess, especially people who don't under, not that they don't understand sports, but people who don't follow, follow sports. But the thing that I've been noticing a ton today is that there are a lot more people that follow sports or at least care about athletes in general than I initially anticipated. And really what's been surprising to me more than anything is as I've been getting older sports and like the us versus them mentality has become much less apparent. Like I'm stoked that the Lakers are good this year and they're likely going to be playing in the championship. Like it's great. I'll watch, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. If they don't win, sometimes it's hard to fall asleep when they're, <laughs> I guess Katie knows. Sometimes it's hard to fall asleep when there's a close game going on still for me, but I feel like I'm getting much better as I get older of just like not letting it impact me a ton. To that end, though, it is strange. I know why we need sports because of moments like this where there are unifying moments that bring us all together. Unfortunately, it always seems to be around the end of something. So like Derek Jeter retiring, all of a sudden Boston Red Sox fans, super, like, I understand, like, it's fandom. I'm not, I'm not judging it, but all of a sudden tipping the cap to, to Derek Jeter, uh, it happens to be with, with death of certain athletes. And I was kind of thinking about it for me and my struggle with mortality overall, that this was kind of the first, I know that first real death of somebody who had influenced me in my life. Like there have been people who have been getting cancer and has made me come to like my realization of mortality, but it was just super weird. 41 years old, 1978 to 2020 to 2020. And now he's just gone. It was just like not there anymore. He'd always be at, like, he'd always make like little guest appearances on stuff. Uh, ESPN shows, whatnot. He had his show detail that he was doing. And then he'd always be around for like All-Star. Like he was definitely an amb ambassador of the NBA. So you're frequently seeing him. It's kind of like Dr. J as I was growing up, uh, but more talented. Uh, like it just seems like Dr. J who, I don't know. I don't want to like speak ill of anyone on this podcast at the point, but like he wasn't, he was an, um, an amazing, he was a good player. I wouldn't even say he was amazing. I'd say he was a good player. I don't know really a whole lot of his accolades, but it, it was always weird to me that he would be the one like hanging around all-star games because he's in my mind, he's not like a legend legend, maybe a legend, but not one of those. Anyways, it's not, it's not the point I'm trying to make is Kobe Bryant has become like an ambassador for the game. He's very involved in a lot of things, or I guess was involved in a lot of things. And it's just kind of weird that it, so everyone, so everyone knows I'm not like jumping on the gravy train. I don't even know why I feel like I have to prove my credentials. What age did you start to like follow him? 
So I started following basketball in general. I think my brothers got me into it. I honestly don't know. I remember watching, I don't really remember the Supersonic series, um, Supersonics versus Bulls. That would have been in the 1996 NBA championship. I don't really remember that one, but I remember both. And I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. Really the person that I need to thank for even being able to care about Kobe Bryant is Steve Young, which I know sounds weird, but Steve Young allowed, because he was Mormon, allowed us to be able to watch TV on Sunday, but it could only be the Niners. And, you know, slippery slope, once you allow a little bit of, of leeway to any, any child, they're going to try to pry a little bit more out of you. So Steve Young starts starting regularly for the Niners, I want to say after their fourth Super Bowl. So that would have been like, I would guess 92. If I were a betting man, I would say 92. He starts... Start starting regularly. I know 93, no, because 92, 93, he lost to the Cowboys. 93, 94, he lost to the Cowboys. So he was at least starting 92, so maybe even 91. Anyway, it's not really that important. My mom and dad would not let us watch TV and on Sunday. And then Steve Young, oh, well, we can watch the Mormon boy. If he, <laughs> if he can break the Sabbath, we can break the Sabbath too. <laughs> so we start watching Steve Young, and then I remember we just slowly started watching basketball too, and Michael Jordan was at the end of his prime, you could say. And I vividly remember watching Michael Jordan games 97, 98 against the Utah Jazz. Uh, I would have been like eight and nine both of those years. Vividly remembering because I remember the push-off shot that he made. I remember the flu game. And then it's just weird, like the stupid things that we remember and like latch on to. But anyways, uh, so Steve Young got me hooked on Michael Jordan and then video games happened. There was this game called, I had no idea who the kid was. It was called NBA Courtside with Kobe Bryant. And I just wanted to play with Michael Jordan. So this had to have been 98. It was Jordan's last season. I just wanted to play with Jordan, but... Jordan was like number 98 and his name was player. I think like he didn't sign away his, his likeness rights. And so I'm playing NBA courtside with Kobe Bryant and I just start to, he's the, he's the star of the game. Just kind of makes sense. If there's no Jordan, I have to go with somebody. Thankfully that was a good horse to bet on because he was an up and coming star Played NBA courtside for the next three years. The Lakers improved significantly with uh, Shaquille O'Neal and then adding other pieces to their 2000, 2001, 2002 teams. That varied a little bit. You know, Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox. Um, there's a lot of people that weren't on all three of those teams, though, too. Like Glenn Rice was on there one year. Man, I could. Uh, John Sally was on a team for some reason, just went into championship. Uh, Mark Madsen, uh, the other Mormon boy who is crazy. <laughs> Anyways, and so I just have this love. I remember just going over to the Whites, the, this next-door neighbor family for barbecue and to watch the NBA championship because they were a family from Southern California who relocated to Northern California next to where I lived. And so they loved the Lakers, and they were always watching their games. I like Kobe Bryant. I like sports in general. I'm looking for someone to kind of – I, so I loved the Bulls, right? And then Michael Jordan leaves. And then the reason that I started liking the Lakers 
as another part of that besides Kobe, not to give Kobe all the credit was when Phil Jackson became coach as like a second grade. I had to have been like third grade actually. It's a third grader. I had no fourth grade. I had this thought that, um, that perhaps with Phil Jackson coaching the Lakers that Michael Jordan would come back. So I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm going to like, I'm going to like the Lakers. And sure enough, Jordan came back, but went and played with the wizards. Anyways, I haven't really talked a whole lot about Kobe yet. Kobe had his Afro. I thought he was so cool. A little bit rebellious. You could say winning games. Obviously Shaq was the dominant one on that team. And he was the reason that they likely won those three championships. But still, Kobe was a player that I could at least semi-relate to, even though Kobe's like a foot taller than me, in the sense that I could emulate a lot of the moves that he did. It's kind of similar, like why everyone loves Stephen Curry now. I couldn't like Shaq because I was never going to be seven foot, seven foot one and physically dominating. Kobe could physically dominate games, but it was he had his turnaround, his turnaround jumper, his step back jumper. He had a number of things that took him away from contact that made him effective as well. He had had a lot of different moves that were just great to watch, and it was easy to... Anyways, so Tim Hicks can verify this story. My very first email was and1889 at a certain company. I don't need anyone sending me emails. Anyways, and1889. Obviously, I have this huge love of basketball. Then my second email ever was KBWB underscore 2007. And the KBWB was for Kobe Bryant wannabe. And so I very much had a huge, this would have been when I met Tim. So it would have been sixth or seventh grade. So we're talking 2000, 2001. So this is right. Pete Kobe. And that's who I wanted to, to emulate the most. And then just being out, I feel like I've gone forever. I haven't even really talked about him yet. And he had, does amazing. Uh, 2003, they lose to the Spurs, I believe, in the second round of the playoffs. And then in 2004, that was the year that they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton. And everything was happening with his sexual assault case <laughs> in, uh, in Colorado, the, a woman who accused him of sexually assaulting her actually raping her i'm assuming i think is what it was did that affect your view on him i was a kid and so as as much i'm not gonna i will not lie it did not really affect how i viewed him because as a kid you don't understand the gravity of a lot of things and so what was most important to me was what he was most known for and that was basketball so that thing comes up. What, what was really disappointing about it at that time for me was the fact that it was breaking up the team, causing problems. He had to fly to Colorado for court appearances, missing games sometimes, and then eventually they end up losing to the Pistons in the 2004 championship. I was at EFY when I somehow got that news that they had lost. I believe it was 4-1. to Because I just remember being super surprised. They, they had Carl Malone, Gary Payton. Turns out... Past your prime, players don't do a whole lot for you. Carl was also injured, so that might have affected it. But anyways, it's so he breaks up the Shaq and Kobe era. I'm going to say that it was Kobe who did it. I know that Shaq played a part in it, but breaks it up. It's really easy to love a champion, but it is really hard to love a loser. Those next few years, there wasn't a whole lot to be happy about. Uh Got Brian Grant and Karan Butler back in the trade. 
great job. Great job who's ever in charge of that. And those two years were terrible. I had become a, a, a notorious Lakers fan in junior high and then starting to go into high school those years. And everyone would make fun of me because now they were the worst team and the Kings could beat them. Kings couldn't win a championship, though, everybody, so who cares? Oh, because they were rubbed in 2002. <laughs> and nobody wanted to watch the Kings win a championship. Sorry. No one wanted to watch a lot of teams win championships. You need to have a star player or be in a big city or else no one's going to care. Well, that, so that justifies cheating? That's not what I said. And so they sucked. And then we get 2005, 2006, I believe, is the season that he just went off crazy crazy 40 point game streak that he had that culminated with the 81 point game in january of 2006 against the raptors which is like another one of those weird i know exactly where i was when that was happening i was watching on yahoo sports as they updated i wasn't watching it live i don't even know if it was on espn we had cable by that point so we if it was on espn i could have been watching the game but for some reason, I was on my dad's really crappy laptop, like just a brick. Anyways, on Yahoo in in my dad's in my dad's room, just sitting there watching this performance. Um, I I think he had like twenty six to start off the game, and then and then he just went off in the second half. And I was like, "This is insane! He's gonna get Wilt's record. He's gonna he's gonna get Wilt's records." And then started to slow down a little bit and became very obvious that they were just trying to get him to his 80 points basically because that's a really cool milestone to, to hit 80 because besides Wilt Chamberlain, no one else has ever done that. And so that's something that's crazy ingrained in my mind. And then same season, 2006, in the playoffs against the Phoenix Suns where he hits that awesome game winner, I believe, to like I haven't researched this very much, I believe to put them up three games to one, and then they end up losing the series to Steve Nash and the Suns. And that shot that he made, I, I should fact check this, but I am very confident that it was like a Saturday midday-ish game. Like maybe it ended around like five or six, but Austin Vanasek and I went and shot around after the after that game happened because we're just like, this is so cool. Let's go, let's go, let's go pretend to be to be superstars. Both playing high school basketball at the time. And, man, good times. That was a real, oh, no, because that would have been, I think it was April, yeah. So we were still, we weren't playing high school basketball. It was the off season. So that makes sense why Austin and I were able to find time to go do that. Um, and so now everyone's just like, oh, you're just like reminiscing about about Kobe. Like, yep, and he still, the team still sucked at that time. Smush Parker, Ronnie Turioff. Yeah, no one knows any of those people are. They eventually make an amazing trade, get rid of Kwame Brown for Paul Gasol, and the Lakers are back, baby. And they lose that year in the championship, but hey, at least they're in the playoffs, winning series, which was awesome, and playing against the Celtics nonetheless, which is awesome. Just like the historicity between those two teams was great. Back-to-back championships those next two years. Um, it's kind of weird. I mean, if I believe if if there was a God, he really wanted me to watch Kobe Bryant because I think about how had I not 
had I not missed my mission, like, so you're supposed to go on your mission at 19. I should have gone on my mission in 2008, which would have meant I would have missed the 2009 championship and the 2010 championship. But thankfully, because I was kicked out of school and I was unable to get back on the straight and narrow quick enough, I was able to see the last two truly great Kobe Bryant years uh, playing against the Magic in 2009 and then the Celtics in 2010. And I am so grateful. I remember game seven. Kobe did not play well in that game. Andrew Bynum did play very well. The, the biting of the nails because of how, like, man, that's, that's so, what's so weird about history is like after somebody wins, you just kind of forget the struggle that they went through to get there. With all like that could have been, and all that. well, just that season in particular, the Celtics could have beat them. Like there was, it was game seven. There's no reason that the Celtics couldn't have beat them. Paul Gasol had an, an amazing series as well, but just anyways, like how we, just the way that if you don't really remember the moment, it just seems like, oh yeah, Michael Jordan won six championships. Uh, granted, one cool thing about Michael Jordan is in, at least in the championships themselves, he never went to a game seven. So those ones were easy, but he went to game sevens, game fives in, in the playoffs. And it could have just as been easily that they lost there and he only has five or he only has four rings anyways. But that's another. So there's been, I think where I have been laying down and just erupted only two times. Do you remember one of them? Yeah. Okay. What game was that? I was asleep. But do you know who was playing? I don't. So that would have been Steph Curry when he pulls up from like all between half court and three point line and makes that shot against the Thunder. That was the one that I was referring to. So Katie does remember that one. And she was asleep. She's she's right. And then the other one was the 2010 or nine. I think it was. I think it was 2009. 2009 December against the Miami Heat, and he hits a three-pointer, and I am laying down on the couch, and I just shoot off. So awesome. It's so great to see a game winner, not just from your favorite player, but also for your favorite team. And to beat the, the at that time, just Dwayne Wade Heat was a very impressive and unforgettable moment for me. Laying on this crappy blue couch, I don't even know if you ever got to see that couch. Probably not. Um, Was it on our giant t- screen TV that our children will, will laugh at. What I thought was so cool, but if I showed my, like any kids a picture, be like, that's the most inefficient use of space ever. Was it before the remodel? Yeah. I, I think I remember that. Before the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. The TV. You remember the TV. Yeah. yeah. Man. Anyways. And then to see... You know, I go on my mission, so I don't really get to see them go. I'm pretty sure they played the Mavericks the year that the Mavericks won early on in the playoffs and lost. And uh, didn't get to see that. Kind of the decline I get back when Dwight Howard joins, Steve Nash joins. Kobe, it wasn't a great season. They weren't going to win the championship, no way. But Kobe tears his Achilles, and the rest is kind of history. Of course, until the 60-point game, his final game ever as a Laker. Where did you watch that? At at the old apartment. Um, man, there was... Oh, 
Michael Wilbon brought this up, and I wasn't. Even, I remember the sixty-point game. I didn't even recognize that the Warriors were going for their seventy-third win. So I don't know why I was watching the Lakers game over. Anyways, great. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, it was awesome to see Kobe just light it up. Uh, obviously, and I'll be fair to all you Kobe haters out there. Yeah, he jacked up a ton of shots. Who cares? Everyone wanted to see it. I'm so glad that it happened. I don't, I don't I give him all the shots next time. I don't know why one person should have taken a shot besides him. But one thing that I have to say that I'm very grateful to him for, and everyone's been talking about this like it was the most popular thing he would ever do. Like this Mamba, I feel like the Mamba mentality was like way later in his career. I, I know he was always a, had a hard work ethic and worked really hard, but like his nickname of Black Mamba, I don't remember that being his entire career type of thing. And for people that don't know what that is, what is it? A snake. Or what do you mean? Like yeah. what does it encompass? Oh, well they say like the Mamba mentality is just like, fearlessness and being at the ready but i think what it really is means to him is just like the preparedness that he would put into his game but man i really liked someone i've been hearing a lot of people bring up things i really enjoyed that he was a stone cold killer and just wanted to just wanted to win and would do whatever it takes took on his part to ensure that his team was was going to win. And I really, like, I don't know, this is, like, weird. It's Like I said, this is, like, the first person who's ever died. Because Chris Cornell died, but he committed suicide, and you could kind of see the writing on the wall. Like, it was, it was shocking, and it, it was sad, but it wasn't surreal. Whereas this, this Kobe Bryant, then like, I'll get a text from Tyler Cecil, a Lakers fan to the max, and he says, hey, did you hear about, well, this is how I read it. Hey, did you hear about Kobe? <laughs> and my very first thought was, oh, my gosh. He's coming out of retirement. He's going to play with LeBron and AD, and he's going to get his sixth NBA championship riding on the coattails of those two. That was legitimately my first thought. And, a, and then a very quick realization, I just type in Kobe, which is crazy. All you have to do is type in someone's first name. How many people do you know on a first name basis like that? Anyways, and he, uh, I type it in and I just see it. And to be fair, I was part of this problem, but man, that social media can be dangerous for news and breaking news because I heard on ESPN and then on from ABC News and different outlets like that, that all of his daughters were with him and that they perished in the helicopter accent with him which was in no way true that's obviously we all know that now that's not what happened but anyways just just the dangers of social media and all the lies that can be that can be told but it was just i had no idea what to really think just turn on i it was while i was running so weird to think, man, I, I'm running, I was running on a treadmill as his helicopter came down, like knowing the exact time. It was 1047 our time. So we were at the gym 
and it's just weird to think all the things that are going on around us that we really have no idea about. Obviously, Kobe Bryant's a very high-profile person, so we know what happened. Um, anyways, really, really sad. I held it together, though, most of the day, and probably a lot of people were like, oh, we should just like let it all out, let it all out. Like, I don't know. I didn't want to be a wreck the rest of the day, so I was just like making jokes. Oh, I miss Kobe. Ha, ha, ha. Funny stuff like that. Um, I uh, played a game of... 2k with the 2000 2001 <laughs> lakers against the all-time celtics and got kobe to 81 points um i don't know it's weird the it's weird the th- stupid things that we do to cope with loss it's stupid well it is it's it's, it's stupid like it's i, I don't want to it's stupid in the sense that what what does it accomplish really like it doesn't accomplish anything but from a from a okay maybe that's how I should, logically it's stupid. From an emotional standpoint, it's totally understandable. Yeah. Because I forget what like. Is that all I did? All I did was watching. And then we'd take little breaks to watch like a TV show or whatever. Then I just turned it back on to see. And then man, the amount of. It's it's very impressive. I do not want to forgive him for any of his misgivings or things that he committed in the past because, once again, none of us were in that room, so it definitely could have happened. Definitely could have not happened. Could have gone either way. But just the redemption of his entire life arc. Like, people can, people can change. Like, he is, from all accounts, an amazing father who really cares about his daughter, daughters and really cares about his wife. Uh, Vanessa and yes he made a huge terrible error back in 2002 2003 um, cheating on his wife if it if it was consensual but just how much he's changed since then is really admirable he atoned for his sins by being a winner and showing us an amazing work ethic to to overcome, I guess. Like, I don't know. It just sounded like a really good dad, too. Like, he treated his girls really well. Yeah, from, like, all... Like, once again, all the accounts of... A f- I can only see what I can see, so I have no idea. But from what I could see, he really did love his daughters, and he was no longer that... Man, it's crazy. He's no longer that... If that was 2004, he's no longer that 26-year-old boy. Like, that's how old he was when that happened. Doesn't excuse it, once again, but the amount of change and growth you can see from a person in just a short amount of time, if you give them the chance to atone, it's great. Like he's done a lot of great charitable work, charitable work. He created, um, what's it called? Kobe Boot Camp or something like that. Kobe Academy for sports or for, for, for basketball. And he's done a lot of good. He cares. He really cares about the the women's game, which is something I have zero interest in. So kudos for him supporting those players when so few do. Man, what's really weird too is I always hated LeBron because, you know, you can't like – you. Can't. a man cannot serve two masters. <laughs> you cannot serve Kobe and LeBron. And it was so weird that for the first time ever yesterday, I was like, man, I really wish I could just hear LeBron talk about this. Um, there's never been a time in my life where I have needed LeBron to say anything or wanted to like show him any type of respect. But I had the realization yesterday that he is 
the face of the NBA. He is the ambassador to it. He is the greatest player playing right now. He's the greatest player since Kobe, no doubt. And I just needed to hear from him. Didn't, I'm, I'm not holding it against him. I totally understand. But it was just like a weird feeling being like, all right, Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon, Jay Williams. I'm watching ESPN, obviously. <laughs> Jalen Rose, which who I really respect and admire. And then all this LeBron hater wanted was to hear the King speak. And hopefully we'll, we'll hear from him soon. All the celebrations and honors that people are doing with the 24 second violations, eight second violations. Kobe, great job picking numbers, by the way, if you would not have chosen eight and 24, how would people have, how would people have done any, any things to honor you when you die? Um, once again, there's a God he was planning. He's like, I know he's going to die when he's young. I'm going to encourage him to have these numbers so that they can do these things. Because, you know, Kobe grows to be, even if he gets to like his 60s, 70s, whatever. If, if he dies, as long as he dies of like natural causes in some way, the, there isn't as much of the discussion that is happening right now. What, what we're all dealing with is an unexpected tragedy. And it's no fun for anybody. But... Anyways, just just watching all of the people, and I, I kind of get it. Like, I always feel like, and I, I feel like I'm doing it right now. Everyone just tries to leech off of off of tragedies like this to see how they can make it relate to themselves. And I hope that that's not what people take away from this. But like Kobe, he was always important to me. Um, I felt like I grew, I grew up with him, like. I really started watching sports when I was 10 and he was the popular guy until I was in my 20s. And he's going to be missed. Just to like hear him talk every now and then. It's great. Like I loved in 2K, he would do like sideline reporting or not sideline reporting. He'd be like a guest commentator. And I loved hearing that. And so that's kind of over. I guess they can repurpose stuff that he said or whatever. So that's, Sad, who knows when I was going to buy my next 2K game anyways. Um, but looking forward to the Lakers' new found purpose for this season, for playing uh, playing for Kobe. And then if I had to guess, that just seems like enough emotion to, to get a championship this year. Not that, like, oh, yeah, he died, so now they're going to win a championship. <laughs> but I don't know. It's nice when a, a champion – like, I have always regretted that the New York Yankees couldn't win the 2001 World Series after 9-11. Uh, the Diamondbacks ended up winning. It just felt wrong. It felt like the Yankees should win, and it just feels like this year to have a storybook ending, a happy ending, like it's got to be the it's got to be the Lakers. So looking forward to to watching that the rest of the the season. And I know this is like the first sports topic I think I've ever done. Just kind of. I don't know. I don't think I could ever talk about soccer. I did soccer with Thomas. That's right. The first, the first topic on a sport I care about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. What was it like? What was it like for you? Because like you're, I don't want to say too much. You were texting a person that you're very close with, and I, I was reading the text. They're like, so how's Alex taking it? I'm like, I hope, I hope other person isn't taking it like devastatingly. Like I, I would. It was sad. Like yesterday was an extremely sad day. The but. person that I asked her about, 
Um, she said that he was having a hard time. He almost lost it a few times. But I thought you handled it all right. Um, I just could tell you were kind of somber throughout the day, but it wasn't like keeping you down the entire day. Yeah. Um, I mean, I even like started crying a few times, especially when they the told daughter. me that her, yeah, the daughter was on board. That made me tear up. And so, man, it's just, it's hard to see people die at such a young age, especially people that like made a difference in other people's lives. Yeah. And they're so. just going to, to a basketball game. Yeah. Like it's weird. Well, it's been really cool. So I saw it's such a unifying, it's so unfortunate once again, if I can just shame myself right now, it's so unfortunate that it takes me to unify with people. It takes a tragedy. Like I'm thinking nine, like this Kobe dying is not nine 11. I understand that we're not being attacked by terrorists, but the amount of love and compassion and forgiveness that we were given out back in 2001 was unreal. Unreal. And, and we've already seen, so Kendrick Perkins and Kevin Durant had this beef over who is the weaker player, blah, 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 blah. And then Kendrick Perkins today, after the, the, after hearing about the death and everything, sends out an apology to KD to try to mend that bridge or mend that broken bridge that, that they had created between themselves. And I think it's sad that this is what it, but it's also joyful. Like at the same time, I don't want to like demean anyone. It's, it's so cool that Kendrick Perkins went out of his way to, to do that and to repair that broken relationship with, with Kevin Durant. Like I'm overall happy that it happened, but I wish that it didn't have to come to this. Like there's so much, there's so little time, everyone so little time that you have to, and I'm sure there are people thinking like, uh, Alex, you're constantly stirring up shit. You're constantly trying to ruffle feathers and hopefully that's not how you view it, that I'm stirring up shit or ruffling feathers. I do feel like, though at times I am incorrect or understood something incorrectly, I am always trying to speak for the betterment of my situation and the betterment of other people whenever I'm talking about things like that. Anyways, where was I going with this? It's not worth it. Oh, it's just not worth it. Like, and I hate that most of my podcast, most of my podcasts require and subjects that I talk about require negative, not negativity, a, a, an opposition. There's always an opposition to every every single thing, and we don't need there to be an opposition to every, if someone if someone likes the color blue, who cares? Like that's I feel like that's how far, and I feel like it's always been like this, but we've gone down that the road so far that we say blue's a stupid color. Okay, awesome. Th thank you for that. Anyways, like it's just. It's not worth it. There's so little time. And it's actually made me rethink a lot. Like I had this hope of of fixing bridges, mending bridges. But I think what this entire thing has kind of made me realize is you know who you know. No one's changing anytime soon. And what's made me realize is to hold on strongly to those relationships that have always been of value and that have always been 
beneficial to me and the people involved with them and to forget the other ones. If that affects certain people, friends, family, etc., that I have, I don't, I don't really care anymore. Uh, because as much as people probably think I am negative, which I know that I can be, there are a lot of people preaching positivity. Like, there are a lot of people preaching positivity that are the worst people in the world. And I don't want to associate with people like that anymore. And when I say worst, I'm being hyperbolic, obviously. They're just a bad person. And I hate using this term, but like fake. But generally speaking, fake people are the only people who care about what other people think about them. If I cared what people thought about me, I would not make this podcast. I'm, wait, what, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I do care what people, a lot of people think about me. But if I really care, like there are some times where I talk about stuff that I am terrible. Like this last podcast with Ryan just from yesterday, there was stuff I'm just like, man, I am so scared that I'm going to say something wrong or in a way that's going to be taken in a negative context. And... I struggle to, and, but at the same time, I'm very happy that I, that I do it. Cause I'm like, Oh, in a moment of weakness, I said something dumb. I can learn and recover from it. Whereas people who I consider to be fake in a sense are those who really just care about everyone seeing the good in them. If there's one thing that I can 100% say about this podcast, everyone has seen the bad in me. Everyone has seen the good in me. They have seen both things and they know what I'm good at and what I am bad at and where I can improve. You can't say that about every single person that you know. And I want to continue to show everybody my flaws and I want to continue to get better because tying it back to the entire reason that I even wanted to do this, Kobe Bryant never gave up. The Jim Valvano quote, uh, um, it's very simple. It's about kicking cancer, but like, don't give up. Don't ever give up. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep on going, keep on working hard, keep on trying to get better and we'll see how it goes, man. It's, it's still surreal. Strangely, for whatever reason, I'm going to miss him. Like this hurts more than I think. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but this, this hurts more than than it probably should because I don't have a, oh my gosh, I totally forgot like my favorite all-time Kobe moment. Sacramento Kings, Los Angeles Lakers, I believe, because it was a Christmas present for me, 2010, Kobe hits uh, I the game-tying shot to put it into double overtime, if I remember correctly, and the Lakers ended up winning at Arco Arena. And to be able to watch it live, it's kind of weird. Um, there were other moments that I just remembered way more vividly than that. So it's not important that you anyone sees him, sees players play live. You're going to remember if, if when a moment happens, you don't have to be there to know that it happened. That's how you know something real and tangible has happened. So similarly, I didn't have to be there when Kobe passed. I didn't have to be there when... He hit that game winner against the Suns. I didn't have to be there when he won his fifth championship because moments are always going to find their way into to the zeitgeist. Anything else that you any any color that you want to add to any of this? It's a little bit gloomy, but I, and I doubt anyone's really going to listen to this. But I feel better, so I'm happy. I to think it. that 
it helps other people to to hear how you're grieving to make them feel valid like their emotions valid and they're not alone so i think it'll help and that's something that's helped me too like i've been very in the past i don't like in the way past like 25 when i was like 23 24 of like people i always just felt like you're just trying to leave. like when chris cornell died like i did a post about him then like i see like tons and tons of people posting about him like can you name me one of his solos? Like, I don't know why we have to have this type of conversation to be impacted by people. That's why I stopped having these thought processes. But if somebody is grieving, who cares? Like, let them grieve and don't question their motives or, or, or require of them to have a reason for doing what they're doing. Yeah. Man. Well, just want to say, I know you won't hear this, but Vanessa and family, I hope that, in this, what do you even say, man? That sucks. This horrible time. Hopefully they can find peace eventually. Man, that effing, such, such, I don't want to get into too, I don't really want to get into like the family aspect of it because that just tears me up. That's the part that's really, really hard. Um, and the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen.